Welcome to the Burnt Creator Podcast, a resting place for creators who want to overcome and prevent burnout while gaining valuable insights on how to cultivate peace, clarity, and wealth in their lives. I'm your host, Ashley Warren, and I'm so honored to connect with you. This is a community for anyone and everyone with a desire to bring something meaningful into existence. Join us as we explore our deepest selves and our truest potential. Launching a podcast has been on my mind for years. It's only until recently that I realized that I actually had something genuinely valuable to share. I didn't want to have a podcast for the sake of just having one. So here we are now. You know, drawing from my personal journey, my goal for each episode is that you leave feeling seen, inspired, enlightened, and just like better equipped to face today (laughs) and your future as a creator and really just as a human, you know? So I am thrilled to share some incredible news with you all. As some of you might already know, if you follow me on Instagram, I've been secretly working on a reality TV show, which is not really a reality TV show. It's called a ROM doc. So get it right. With Max, formerly known as HBO Max. And yeah, it is set to premiere June 15th. I'm so excited to finally see this project come to light. So in this inaugural episode of Burnt Creator, it's really important for me to explain the purpose behind this podcast. And I feel the best way to do that is to really take you through the past two years of my life. And so I've broken that down into three significant seasons. Season one and two will cover in this first episode. Season three, I will release next week. So buckle up, let's go. Together, we're going to dive into each season of my life and really explore how these experiences have shaped the vision and the mission of this podcast. And ultimately, I hope that it leads to a transformative journey for you as it has for me, of self-discovery, healing, and growth. So let's get ready to embark on an emotional and enlightening ride as I share my story and reveal how these pivotal moments have really brought me here today, ready to support and inspire fellow creators like you. So let's hop into it. Season one, reality TV, and what is it called? Actually, a rom doc. Very good. You know those people who say, like, they'll never be caught dead on reality TV, And then one day you find them like, oh, my God, I can't believe that I was picked to be on this show. And yeah. Hi, it's me. It's me. Hi, I'm those people. It's me. And if you sang that line, I'm proud of you. Shout out to Taylor. Surprisingly, I'm very grateful for this opportunity. It's not an exaggeration to say that my three castmates and I from Swiping America had a great experience filming our show. And if you're not familiar with TV, reality TV, specifically many creators, if they're honest, will tell you that it's fucking brutal. Oftentimes, the production side just lacks integrity and respect for those casted, and they like try to create drama, and a lot of it's just not real, so that people will watch and be like, oh my god, and there's a villain always, and there's like a good person, and that's not this at all, and that's why it's, you know, defined as a rom doc, because it really is honest and open. We had the exact opposite experience that most people say they have when filming something that has to do with dating. And from the creators to the casting directors and the network executives and producers and directors and even the PAs, everyone treated us with the utmost respect and appreciation as if we were Emmy winning creators. Like, honestly, I was like, should I be an actor? This is so cool. (laughs) It was a wild experience. And it's something I will definitely share more about once all the episodes have aired. But I cannot do that yet. So... What I can do is kind of just rewind and be like, how did we get here? So let's go back. Let's go back to April 22nd, 2021. 
I was lounging on my couch, checking my requested DMs, and I saw a message from this person named Emmy. And they are a casting director at the house that casting built. And that particular casting company is responsible for Netflix dating around, which like everyone loved. And she told me that she was working on a new documentary series featuring diverse, charismatic, single New Yorkers on a modern dating journey. And she thought that I'd be a great fit. That's basically what her message said. Now, I must have read that message like 23 times and initially laughed it off because, come on, I, I don't even watch reality TV except for Chef's Table. I just started watching The Kardashians like for the first time in my entire life six months ago. <laughs> I don't know anything about reality TV and I'm pretty private when it comes to my dating life. So I was like, absolutely not. I had just moved to New York too. So I'm like, did you look at my profile? Like I am not a New Yorker. I'm from California. I just left LA two months prior and I had just got my dream penthouse and I'm just like trying to enjoy New York. You know, I was freshly single after ending a six week, like by coastal situationship as a true lesbian and you know also I'm just kind of boring I'm someone who prefers to be in bed by 10 p.m and I'm like not into the party scene and this sounded like a lot of work after like 8 p.m and I'm like mm, no thank you and so this opportunity like really didn't scream like perfect fit so I was just like kind of like trying to talk myself out of it you know but I kept rereading the message and the documentary aspect intrigued me right because number one Rom Doc just we invented that. Shout out to like the most incredible team ever. And I'm like, what does that even mean? So I was like, okay, I'm technically a resident. I have the license. I have dated here for years and I'm single. I had decent experience like dating in the city, like the culture of dating in the city, because I would go back and forth a lot for work and fun and just like I really love New York City, which is why I moved. And so I could speak firsthand to how difficult it is to find a genuine connection. In New York City, it is like finding a genuine connection in L.A., but like in a very different kind of a way. And if you've lived in both places, you understand what the hell I'm saying. It's they're both atrocious in completely different ways. <laughs> and so I was like, OK, so like other people can just watch me suffer. Cool. Why not? So I slept on it, you know, and I decided to reply to Emmy and just learn more about the opportunity. So we chat back and forth. She seemed super cool and she invited me for an interview. I agreed and we had a recorded Skype call that would be reviewed by like the casting team, the director, the producers and the show creators if they found it interesting enough. They asked me all kinds of questions about my lifestyle, dating experience, life in New York and why I wanted to participate in something like this. And like I don't remember exactly what I said, but basically I mentioned something about the fun of traveling and dating new people, which is something I had done habitually as a single entrepreneur who loves to travel. I literally at one point was not home for longer than like two months at a time. I was just constantly traveling. And from that interview, I realized like, yo, they're like looking for genuine people who have no aspirations to be on TV. I think I said it like 500 times. I'm like, I've never wanted to be on TV. Like, I, I don't think I'm supposed to be on TV. <laughs> and they just wanted really people who were open to talk about their lives and their dating expectations and had the flexibility to be on the road for nearly three months. And I did. So I'm like, this kind of sounds perfect, but kind of sounds crazy. Maybe just keep hearing more. <laughs> and so Emmy told me, you know, like, thank you so much for your time. And that they would get back to me in a few weeks because they were casting the show pretty quickly. And I'm like, okay, I'm kind of excited. I hung up and then I went about my day. 
I figured this could be a fun experience. Worst case scenario, I'm not picked and my life remains awesome. The casting director called me back within the hour and said she had some follow-up questions, which made me feel super good about potentially making it to the next round. I was like, yes, I'm a winner. Winners win. Let's go. Months went by without a word. About five months actually went by. (laughs) And I had totally given up on the idea, assuming I just wasn't what they were looking for. And, you know, it was fine. But then one night I, I got a text. And at that time, I was in my hometown of San Diego enjoying a delicious meal at one of my all-time favorite restaurants, Herb and Wood, with one of my best friends, my dearest friend, my sister from the greatest mister, Marissa. And we were sharing a bittersweet moment together before I had to catch a red-eye back to the city in just a few hours. I was home for a moment that no one ever expected to come home for. I was home to honor the memory of Marissa's remarkable father, my Uncle Tony who had sadly passed away. And Uncle Tony was a truly remarkable person, just the most extraordinary man you will ever meet. And his impact extended far beyond our family circle, thanks to his warmth and his kindness and his wisdom. Anybody that knew him will tell you he is indefinitely one of the greatest people to ever have walked this planet. And, you know, Madi and I were just sitting there just reminiscing about memories that we shared with her father and that we shared together and you know I I remember that moment distinctively because I just couldn't help but feel like so grateful about how his entire family made me feel like their family they're very quick to be like you're not like family you are family and so despite the unbelievable reason why I was home I found solace in remembering like the incredible person that my uncle Tony was and the legacy he left behind and that I I still get to remember him and then you know, we're just sitting around eating, drinking, and I get this random text from someone named Risa. And I'm like, oh shit, Risa. <laughs> and it was the casting director from, at that point, what, what was referred to as the new one titled HBO Max dating show. She explained who she was again. I remembered her from our previous really quick call and that she wanted to chat more about the show since I had spoken to her colleague a couple months ago. And then, like, Risa explained that, you know, TV can be super slow and super fast. And, like, hello, that's why she's here talking to me right now. And then she asked if I was, number one, still single and still in New York City. And as luck would have it, I was both of those things. And I was sitting next to the one person that I would turn to for advice on any meaningful decision in my life. Mari, you know, and being my best friend, but also an incredible therapist. She just encouraged me to like embrace the opportunity. She told me to be myself, to have fun, to go to the next phase of interviews and just be open. You know, I just felt really safe in her answer. And I just remember her telling me to ask a lot of questions so that I had a clear understanding of what the opportunity entailed so that I could make an informed decision. So I replied to Risa, letting her know like, hey, I'm in San Diego for a family funeral, but I'm returning to Brooklyn in a few hours. Something I really appreciate, you know, Risa made a genuine point to ensure that I was okay before just making it about business, considering the circumstances, which I really appreciated. So we talked about my Uncle Tony for a little bit. And then she texted me something that I was like simply not prepared for. She's like, and I quote, this is going to sound insane, but the executive producer is in from LA for two days and I would love for her to meet you. Do you have any time tomorrow for a drink or a coffee with her? And I replied, well, life is beautifully wild, isn't it? Like, the timing is crazy. I was across the country, and the next day, fate would have it that my life would change. So we agreed to chat once I got to the airport, and after a brief phone conversation, we arranged a meeting. And if you ever have the opportunity to meet Risa, count yourself lucky. She's an exceptional, incredibly talented, hysterically funny lesbian 
who just consistently goes the extra mile to ensure everyone's happy and successful. And so I, I really appreciate my time working with her. And, you know, fast forward to 1 p.m. the following day and a plane ride later, uh, I found myself walking into a meeting with the executive producer, Stephanie, the director, Jill, and the two creative masterminds behind the show, Johnny and Steven. And they actually are the creators of the hit show, We're Here. This meeting turned out to be a life-changing moment for me. Right there, like in that instant, I knew that I had forged connections with lifelong friends and mentors and that I could just trust them to share my story if they did select me. And they invited me to return the next morning for a chem test along with, I think it was like 20 other candidates they admired. And still, I wasn't getting my hopes up. I'm like, there's 20 other people. I'm sure they're great. And they were. That experience was truly amazing. I encountered so many individuals who just like warmed my heart, who brought laughter to my soul. Like that day, I think I laughed harder than I had probably laughed in my entire life. And everyone just made me feel so seen and inspired, including three unforgettable people who will forever hold a special place in my heart. You know, 20 days later, after that happened, I found out I was chosen to be one of the four cast members on Max's new unscripted dating documentary the first rom doc of its kind swiping america and here we are you know so from start to finish that entire process took about a year and i am so incredibly grateful for what we created together and i can't wait for you to see it all i can't give you any more details you'll have to tune into the show next week and the weeks after trust me you've never seen anything like it i'm so proud to be a part of it and beyond honored to share my journey in such an honest way Throughout the entire process, I learned a few valuable lessons that I'd just like to share with you really quickly before we move on. The first one I would say is never underestimate the power of being genuine and true to yourself. The casting team and the show creators were drawn to what they say is my authenticity, and it was the driving factor in their decision to include me in the show. And so as a creator, speaking to other creators, it's so important just to be who you are and own your truth. Because you never know what incredible moments life has in store for you if you just take that leap of faith and just be who you are. Another crucial lesson I would say that I've learned is the importance of stepping out of your comfort zone. I would never choose to go on a dating show. And I chose to trust a group of people who are incredible humans and also extreme perfectionists and damn good at their jobs. And so... Embrace new opportunities and new connections, even if they seem daunting or outside of your typical interests, because it can totally lead to incredible growth and self-discovery. And I found out so much about myself that I would have never found out had I not been on this show. And so by participating, I really gained not only new friends and unforgettable memories, but I also learned what I value in relationships and what I value in me. And lastly, I would say just don't be afraid to share your story with the world, which kind of goes back to number one. Throughout the entire filming process, I was encouraged to be open and honest about my journey. And through deciding to be super honest, you know, I was able to connect with people on a deeper level. And I hope and believe my story resonates with the people who watch it that have faced similar struggles in their own dating lives. So I'm very excited to see it all edited. I haven't yet. Watch the show, connect with me on social media, and tell me what you think. And yeah, just remember to be true to yourself, embrace new experiences, and never be afraid to just share your story, share your truth, because I guarantee you someone out there can resonate. And you never know where that honesty might lead. 
And with that, we wrap up my season one reality TV, also totally 100% known as Romdoc season of my life. Now, welcome to my season two, Embracing Failure. Failure can be a profound teacher, and I want to share the toughest lessons I've learned with all of you. When filming on the road came to an end, I returned to my life in Brooklyn, profoundly transformed in countless ways. I found myself simultaneously healed and yet torn apart. For the first time in my life, I struggled to recognize the person that I had actually become. I used to see myself as this strong, confident individual, but when I looked in the mirror each day, that person seemed to have disappeared. That's the paradox of vulnerability, choosing to reveal the innermost parts of yourself to others, or in my case, anyone with access to internet and max, you know, is hard. By allowing myself to be seen so openly, I uncovered aspects of my life that required healing and personal growth. As some of you may be aware, I am a social media marketing strategist and the founder of SoSocial, an agency dedicated to helping influencers and creators convert connections into impressive profits. It's a mouthful. In that role, I learned the importance of resilience and adaptability. I've had the pleasure of working with some of the biggest names in the entertainment and influencer industries like Post Malone, Mr. Beast, Sean Mendez, Aaliyah's team, Pharrell, Dude Perfect, Markiplier, Kesha, many, many more. By collaborating with some of the biggest names in the entertainment industry like Live Nation, Universal Music, Rivals, Empire Records, Fanjoy, Blackground Records. I've made significant progress simply by being consistent in our email outreach. You know, like my clients have generated over $150 million in revenue, and I've worked with tens of thousands of micro-influencers. And I even authored my first book recently, and that was the Micro-Influencers Brand Partnership Bible, How to Grow Your Income Following in Brands, which became an Amazon bestseller in under 72 hours after its launch. And this all happened in just three years. While I take pride in all these accomplishments, I'm even prouder of my choice to shut down my mega influencer and my micro influencer agency to focus on my core values and prioritize my mental well-being. I am far from finished from marketing and I'm certainly not done supporting creators. I genuinely love both. However, everything is going to be totally different moving forward as I've made it my life's mission to help creators avoid burnout while maximizing their peace, clarity, and wealth. I know from personal experience the consequences of neglecting that balance. Before we really talk about the significant change, I have to address how we even got here. Three years ago, I never set out to establish an influencer marketing agency or any kind of ad agency. At the time, I simply desired enough personal clients to make a comfortable lifestyle for myself in LA. That was it. I had a couple clients in the influencer marketing arena for a few years. I developed a 300,000 strong brand ambassador program. I consistently achieved five plus X return on ad spend, even on bad days for a few influencer-owned brands and e-com brands. And to be honest, I was satisfied. A few creators knew about my marketing expertise and approached me for some assistance with brand negotiations and just like their overall like comprehensive growth strategies. And I decided to help. I never thought it would become a thing. I always knew that I wanted to live a meaningful life and a very financially comfortable one. I grew up not having that stability as a child, as many children can attest to, and I'm sure most parents would agree raising children is stupid expensive, and I genuinely believe that my parents did the best that they could. I started to get the itch that like I needed to invest in other revenue streams outside of marketing, consulting, and ad management. So in my quest to find innovative methods for generating extra income, I realized that service-based work had its limitations and could be quite time-consuming, so that really led me to explore other avenues. 
and real estate caught my attention. So about three years ago, I decided to attend this real estate convention to learn more about the industry, and Gary Vee actually happened to be there, so I was intrigued to go. It was there that I encountered this young guy who simply couldn't mind his own business, and it was crazy. I was working on some client ad accounts while listening at this conference, and during a break, he approached me and asked if I was like working on a Facebook account, and I was like, yeah, why are you eye-hustling my screen? <laughs> he wanted to connect, and I could tell he wasn't looking to hire me and that he just had some questions. And since he deadass looked like he was about 18 years old, I offered to connect on Instagram, fully aware that I was totally going to brush him off later. And it's not like I didn't like him. I just wasn't in the mood to train anyone new. When I asked for his Instagram, he simply just said he didn't have social media. And I was like, okay, alien, no thank you. Now I have to give this kid my number. This is super annoying. And he's never going to leave me alone. And for some reason, I decided, yes, I'm going to give him my number. And he didn't leave me alone. And I'm very grateful that he didn't. That night after the conference, the guy texted me and he asked if he could take me out for coffee wherever I wanted because he wanted to pick my brain about what I was doing. Now, I knew this request was coming and I had already decided I was going to say no. Firstly, like, I absolutely hate that request. I always say no to stuff like that because I find it a bit disrespectful for someone to ask a professional to share like their expertise or consult for 30 minutes to an hour in exchange for a $7.95 coffee. Like, come on. <laughs> my hourly rate is 100 times that. I can buy my own coffee and I don't have to divulge much information and I can sit in silence. Thank you very much. So like I said, I was there to explore new ways to generate some extra income because service-based work always has its limitations and can be super time-consuming. And I happened to meet this person. And there was something about this young guy who I learned indeed was only 19 years old that really resonated with me. I sensed his goodness and like his genuine desire to learn. And for some reason, like fate was at play, I agreed to meet him. And at that time, you know, my life really just revolved around work and travel. Since LA wasn't really my scene, I didn't have many friends there. And I thought, all right, whatever, I'll agree to get a coffee with this kid at the Rose Venice that weekend. And it was close to my house in Santa Monica. So I'm like, sure, one time we're done. <laughs> and during our meeting, I learned a lot about this kid who would eventually mean a great deal to me. He hadn't gone to college, but he enrolled in DJ school before realizing it just wasn't for him. And he was just super eager to learn marketing and was looking for an internship or a job. And I knew something was coming. And I was like, I don't offer internships and I couldn't afford to hire him. So for a week, we discussed like how I could train him and utilize his skills simultaneously. And he was super smart. And I did really enjoy the idea of having more time for myself. That was super exciting. So like I was able to kind of think about how I could step away from the day-to-day -day grind and focus on building other things. So I made him an offer. I said, hey, I'll give you 30% of the new and reoccurring revenue from every contract you bring my way. He wasn't impressed with the proposal. And in hindsight, I should have said, honestly, no worries. I wish you the best. And he still probably would have accepted it, thinking back now. Offering 30% of new and recurring revenue was quite generous on my part, especially considering he had no experience. And that was the rate I typically earned as an experienced affiliate marketer from any kind of ad management. You know, I had five years of experience under my belt and millions of dollars earned for clients. And I was charging that. I knew my value in the industry. And I had made $700,000 just from one beauty brand two years prior to that doing a deal like that. So I'm like, this is a great deal. What are you what are you doing? <laughs> However, this young man insisted that he, you know, needed to make a certain amount of money to justify his time since he needed a job. 
And although he had zero experience, my sometimes too soft-hearted nature like led me to reconsider my initial offer. And in hindsight, I should have stuck to my guns, but I ended up giving him half of whatever contract he brought to my company on a renewable 30-day basis. To my delight, he was thrilled, grateful, and he took the opportunity very seriously. And together, we achieved remarkable success. When our partnership eventually came to an end two and a half years later, you know, he told me giving him such a significant share without any prior experience might have been the absolute worst business move I've ever made. And in some respects, he was right. But in many ways, it was one of the best decisions I've ever made because it taught me five invaluable lessons and led to tremendous growth for both of us. Here's lesson one. Don't let emotions rule your business decisions. Feelings will fade where reason and clarity remains. You know, there's a good chance he still would have jumped at the opportunity to work with me without such a generous cut, especially considering my experience and my reputation in the industry. If any of my business mentors had gotten wind of that deal, they probably would have lost their minds, freaked out, and totally like lectured me like, this is the worst idea you've ever had. <laughs> and yeah, probably. But you know, like, here's the thing, having a mentor who can not only spot what you're missing in the moment, but also help you discover your hidden potential can really transform your life and save you from a whole lot of unnecessary detours and obstacles. At the time, since he wasn't getting any share of my pre-existing clients, I thought to myself, what's the harm in offering him this deal? Like, it's not like I'm aiming to build some huge agency or anything like that. But little did I know just how much of an impact our partnership would have on both of our lives. Which brings me to lesson two. If you want to climb the mountain of success, find a successful mentor living the lifestyle you desire to help you navigate major business decisions. If you're fine falling flat on your face, don't bother getting one. You know, at first, I didn't even think I wanted to have an agency. So dedicating an hour or two per week, securing a, a contract here and there, you know, seemed fun. Seemed like nice to have some extra cash. But things took a completely different turn. We ended up spending a lot of professional time together. And I shared with him all of my knowledge about ad management, creativity, outsourcing, client management, and negotiation. and you know, in return, he encouraged me to reach out to like the best of the industry. He just thought it was so amazing, even though I was totally skeptical that anyone would actually respond. His persistence paid off. Fast forward a bit. And there we are pitching our services to the likes of Kesha, Post Malone, Mr. Beast, and like many more. It was crazy. We found ourselves developing and executing marketing strategies for multi-million and even billion dollar personalities and personal brands. But with this kind of success came its own set of hurdles. We grappled with pricing and I began to doubt my worthiness to charge higher fees. So I lowered our rates, which turned out to be a huge mistake. None of our clients paid us more than $10,000 a month. And I didn't even take home half of that. And considering the clientele, the level that we worked with, that's crazy. In retrospect, it seemed insane considering the consistent results we delivered and the fees other agencies were charging. The issue, as it turns out, was me. I set prices based upon my own perceived self-worth instead of the true value of my skills and performance. And that brings us to truly the biggest challenge that I feel most creators face, that's self-doubt. You'll never realize your dreams if you can't truly believe you deserve to be there. Lesson three, dreaming and believing are two different things. Behind closed doors, I used to attribute most of my success to literally anyone and everything except myself. This was a way of thinking that created a serious problem, leading to a huge disconnect with my agency and ultimately contributing to its decline and my own personal challenges. Sure, I knew like I worked hard, 
But deep down, I didn't believe that like I was a driving force behind my achievements. I credit much of my success to things like God, my team, role models, and even timing or luck. While I will like forever believe that no one is truly self-made, we're all shaped by people, opportunities, and investments into our lives, I neglected to acknowledge one critical truth. Two things can be true at the same time. Yes, external factors played a huge part in my journey, but I still had to wake up every damn morning and commit to the hard work. I still had to put in the long hours. I still had to hone my skills and pay attention to the details and consistently learn and grow in my industry and think of new ideas that would spark interest. I still believe that no one is self-made. We are all mirrors of the people and the opportunities and God's investment into our lives. However, as Snoop says it, like, I want to thank me because I devoted years to my craft before any it person knew who I was. And that is something I should be proud of. It's not only acceptable, but it's like essential to take pride in our small and big achievements and realize the hard work we put in. It's not about being arrogant or boastful, but rather about embracing our self-worth and our self-confidence, which are crucial for personal growth and success. In the past four months of my life, like I've started to change my mindset and give myself a, the appreciation that I deserve. I began to understand that while external factors did contribute to my success, it was my own God-given dedication, determination, and passion that truly made the difference. Which brings us to lesson four. A lack of confidence leads to a lack of clarity, and a lack of clarity results in a lack of ownership. I'm one of those people that have had close family and internet strangers tell me that luck is the key to my success, and it's responsible for my achievements. I feel like any successful person probably has a handful of people that have done that to them. And I think this is something that many women and marginalized groups hear way too often. I remember reading that Janelle James once said that there are so many men walking around with confidence that is unearned. If women do the same, they're monsters. I'm confident in my abilities, confident that I'm funnier than most people. And that's not even my ego. That's years in the game. And she's right. Like, why would I allow unwarranted statements to shape my self-perception? Ironically, because of that, I became my own worst enemy. While I was too outwardly confident to allow other people's criticisms to affect me, you know, I was deeply critical of myself and lacked self-belief. And this really prevented me from recognizing and celebrating my own accomplishments, which further depleted my confidence. For a long time, my agency didn't feel like it was truly mine because I struggled to believe in my own worth and envision myself like actually achieving great success. I didn't see it as great. And as a result, I failed to put the necessary actions and systems and accountability measures in place to reach my goals. I should have never believed that big brands and artists and influencers wouldn't pay top dollar for my marketing services. Like, that was the craziest lie that I told myself. The truth is, budgets are usually available if you can demonstrate how your services help clients achieve their real objectives, which is more freedom, status, and connection with their audience, which I can, which I did do. I just forgot. I didn't follow the advice I give my creator students, which is never undervalue your worth. I preach that all the time. The price should be based on the true value of your work unless the client has something more valuable to offer than money. But the problem is when you've worked with almost every big creator of that time, and that's the only winning piece, the ongoing money exchange doesn't reflect the value of that work. And that's not okay. So over five years, I made less than 1% of the revenue I generated for my clients. A figure no agency owner with a clear vision should be able to claim. Ideally, you should aim for 20 to 30% net profit after paying your team market rate compensation or just a little bit higher. 
You know, there are agencies with fewer wins and less notable clients charging more than twice what I did for monthly retainers. And it's even more concerning that 98% of agencies led by women and Black queer women are paid so much less than others. That is a problem too big to discuss here. But I take full responsibility for the successes and the failures of my organization. My lack of confidence in charging my worth and my poor business decisions left me no room to nurture or scale my company to any degree. I was responsible for 95% of SoSocial's overhead, which meant I couldn't afford to invest in great employees. I could get, you know, good contractors. And so because of that, SoSocial became a glorified contractor gig where I paid someone 50% for something that should have cost a maximum of 20%. Other roles I needed filled were handled by contractors. I became so reliant on outsourcing that I ended up hiring freelancers left and right transforming myself more into like a recruiter and a project manager than a CEO. I regret, you know, the deal that I made and how long it lasted, but I do not regret bringing that guy on board. He is brilliant and he is kind and he helped restore my confidence and I may have not grown so social without him, but I also can't be sure of that either because I've stopped putting people on a pedestal and learned to appreciate my own journey. It doesn't make me less grateful for the people in my life, but I am who I am because of my personal path. Had I never met this person, God would have found another way to guide me. He always does, and he always will. And I feel like that is something we often forget. Your path is your path. It doesn't matter. It's not reliant upon another person. It's meant for you. Which brings me to lesson five. Richard Branson once said, remember to have fun. There is no point in being in business if it's not fun. And that's fucking true. Years ago, I declared that I would never have another agency. You can DM me or find some article about how I had one when I was 23 years old. And I said I would never do it again. And I would never work for one. And somehow I lost sight of my truth. All I wanted was to consult on strategy, creative and brand. That was it. I decided that years ago. And I believe that was my true purpose in the marketing field. Anything hands on would be strictly for my own products, not for clients. And yet somewhere along the line, I forgot that. My agency stopped being fun to build or to save. When you give too much away, you'll never have enough to invest back in yourself or your company, which ultimately left me with nothing but disappointment and, you know, later clarity that I'm sharing with you now. So for months, I considered what is happening? Should I rejoin the workforce just as a marketing director and ad specialist, a course creator, advisor, brand partnership manager, something with less responsibility than ad agency owner or influencer marketing agency owner? I needed a job because life requires money, but I didn't want to do this. You know, I took a few interviews, but nothing felt right. And I couldn't ignore my truth. I didn't want to work for anyone else anymore. I didn't want to do anything hands-on anymore. I want just to do the consulting. It didn't bring me happiness to do anything else. And it just really didn't spark my creativity. And I've been wanting to stop for a while, stop having an agency. And I realized that, you know, I was trying to force something into my path, this agency owner stuff that wasn't meant to be a part of my journey anymore. And it hadn't been for a while. And any time that you force things that are supposed to leave your life, you can just expect chaos to reign. And it did. I realized that as an agency owner, I should have found the best subject matter experts in every area my agency serviced and focused on sharing a vision that they could believe in for themselves for our company, for our clients. That was the right way to do it, not the way that I did it. I learned so many hard lessons that, you know, will help me in the next season of my life. But I was also gifted with so many opportunities that allow me to do what I do today. 
to acquire new skills and to build relationships and to serve an audience that I just thoroughly love helping. So yeah, I spend early mornings and late nights creating things with a smile on my face, knowing that it's going to help a creator. I know it is. This season of my life gave me clarity on my purpose, the things that bring me joy, life, and make business fun for me. My perspective on serving creators has completely changed, and it's this. Respectfully, brands need to pay me my worth, but I do not expect that from creators. It's true. You know, I was definitely one of those coaches charging $500 to $2,000 for education, and there's nothing wrong with that. Earning your worth is a beautiful thing. However, there are thousands of coaches out there charging $500, $1,000, up to $10,000 for creator and brand partnership coaching. In the creator economy, we're setting this precedent that to be successful, you have to invest a one-time payment of $500 plus or $199 a month. And there are over 50 million people who identify as creators and influencers. Most of those people do not have that kind of money saved after, you know, they've paid everything they have to pay at the end of the month. And if they do invest in these programs, they're so desperate for instant results, you know, to recoup those funds. They never get the chance to do the hard work needed for success because they lack the time, clarity, accountability, patience, and perseverance to implement what they've learned. So no, I won't sell to anyone who's struggling like that anymore. It's just not fair. You can't produce more income without first finding peace, clarity, and confidence in who you are and what you have to offer. I have learned that firsthand. Without that, success will always be out of reach. That's the problem with all these courses. You can't help someone who clearly needs support first. When most of the opportunities to learn how to excel in this space are priced beyond what the general creator population can afford, we reinforce fear and lack. And that's not okay, because if you're not in the right mindset, that will only hurt your clarity in implementing what's being taught. That's just the facts. So, you know, that might not be a part of the job description for an influencer coach, like having that mindset, but it's my personal conviction for the creator community now. Like, I, I don't care. Like, we're, I'm just not doing that. And it's because my life fell apart. You know, when my life fell apart nine months ago, I was just trying to make it. I'm like, what am I going to do? So I invested $3,000 in this affiliate marketing program by some marketers that are known in the game. And they had dozens of reviews from ordinary people with no marketing experience claiming to make, you know, 200 grand a month. Some of them 60 grand, 50 grand, 20 grand. I'm like, any grand would be great right now. I was sold. I didn't have the money at that time to just like casually take risks, but it seemed solid. And I was so sure, like so sure, considering my experience, that I would at least make my return back in the first 30 days. I really was like, this is my new calling. This is what I'm going to do. I'll help marketers. I'll help influencers on the side, whatever. But this is how I'm going to make money. I didn't make my money back. In fact, I lost over $5,000, money that I really needed at that time of my life. And what's crazy is, again, we're going to go on a tangent of affiliate marketing. What was being used felt like it was against my values. And I didn't know that signing up. And I was just like, fuck, <laughs> like, I don't want to be promoting products that I don't believe they they actually work. Like, oh, man, I wish I would have known that when I bought this. So by the time I signed up for their affiliate secret training thing, you know, thousands of other marketers were using the same methods. So they stopped working. That's just how it is. So I'm personally done teaching secrets because as soon as you reveal a secret that's working well, it's no longer a secret. And so what I've learned about the creator space is that it's really all about mastering today's core foundations, today's winning tactics that build success. This allows you to stay competitive while developing your own secret sauce. And that sauce, along with understanding what's working well right now, will bring you that creative, unique spark that makes you stand out, that makes you earn more money. It's not the secrets. 
And that's what I want to teach and keep learning. Losing five grand on an affiliate program was so painful, but it wasn't in alignment with my values and it wasn't in alignment with what I believe about marketing. You can't teach secrets and expect them to work forever because they can't. And so I was in a rush to learn something out of sheer necessity and I wasn't in the right mindset to succeed. And that really only discouraged me more. And so like, if you look at it like this, like there's two people, imagine they have directions to a hidden treasure. One is a stressed out treasure hunter in need of a win. And one is a calm, patient dental assistant who has the better odds of finding the treasure. And take a second to think about it. You want to say the treasure hunter, but it's not. It's a dental assistant because their mind is right. Their perspective is right. I'll never, ever, ever charge creators hundreds or even thousands of dollars to learn from me. These are just people who are trying to get by. We're trying to see if this new buzzworthy thing, content creator, influencer, life of an entrepreneur is right for them. But the reality is being a creator isn't for everyone. So you need to find out who you're called to be. You shouldn't have to go into debt to discover if it's right for you. And I cannot wait until we get to this place in society where people are doing that with college. Like it shouldn't cost kids tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to school. It shouldn't cost you 50 grand a year to discover if this is what I want to do with my life so that I can make money and feed myself and my dog. And if you have kids, amazing. Like, that's crazy. It's actually crazy that it costs that much just to discover if this is right for you. You don't know. I know so many people who are not, including me, using their degree, but spent a fortune on it. The creator career should not be in line with that. It should not. And, you know, if you discover through learning that this is for you, there are many solid opportunities for you to excel in this billion dollar space. And it shouldn't cost you more than what the average person has saved per month after expenses because it's not going to pay you immediately. You have to have a job. You know, being a creator, I know that most people don't quickly make that income back unless they have the time, knowledge, and community to do so. And also the perseverance. But like a few months ago, I really was just so shooketh by this reality that I just stepped away from social media and I closed on my company and I like had my sad boy time and I was just like, I am so disappointed in myself. Like, why are you trying to be like everyone else? Sure. I, I think I'm a decent marketer. I know how to run campaigns. I can help influencers market themselves better. I know how to help creators earn solid income from brands. I can help pretty much any brand. I don't need any agency or academy to be successful. All this extra shit. Like, it didn't make me happy. What brought me joy was like the product, being able to genuinely help a lot of creators and getting those messages saying like, it's working, thank you so much. And like, oh my God, I did this. And someone reached out to me. That literally, when, when you guys DM me those things and email me, I'm like, I think about it all day. It's, it just makes me so happy to know like, okay, great. Like, okay, it, it's working. You're making waves. And now that's just what it's all about for me. I'm just doing that. I'm just going to focus on what makes me happy. <laughs> and I can honestly say I have helped more people than I ever have before by doing things with purpose. And I will share everything I know and everything that I continue to learn and make it feel more than reasonable and fair. Because if you're a creator, you're not here to pay my bills. You're my mission. You're my impact. You are not a brand that is going to pay me that. For those who can afford, you know, the higher price coaching and creator development, that's awesome. Do it. But that won't be coming from me. That's not aligned with my purpose. That's not aligned with my happiness. That's not aligned with my travel plans. That's not aligned with like my binging of shows plans. That's just not aligned. <laughs> so my aim is to make high ticket learning accessible and available to anyone interested and committed to learning and growth. My aim is to bring on as many coaches 
and I hate that word, but like coaches that feel the same way into my community to help reach other people because I don't know it all. And I know there are so many people who are so tired of how the influencer marketing arena is evolving like me and still have this passion to help people and help creators that just don't want to deal with the BS anymore. And so I'm on a mission to find those people and bring them to you. So yeah, that's my promise. Connect with me on Instagram at underscore Ashley Warren to see how I'm currently keeping that promise because things are always changing on social media. And I don't know when you're listening to this. But in my short little 31 years of life at this point, I think the biggest lesson that I've learned is you get what your level of clarity allows you to invest in anything in life. That's why you'll never change the course of your life for free. It's always going to cost you time, discipline, patience, and the will to like just implement regardless of your feelings of not wanting to do it, of being like, this isn't working. It's going to cost you something. And on top of that, a monetary exchange with any business or coach just creates that accountability, trust, and respect. And I believe in that. I, I invest in coaching. But from now on, personally, I just value creators' time, attention, and conviction more than their wallet. That's why I had to close my agency. Like, I can't unconvict myself of something. And so now I really do live by what I've learned recently, <laughs> personally, is like, I understand the creator struggle more intimately now because of what's happened to me in my own life. There is no turning back from that. So yeah, that concludes season two of my life failure. Throughout this journey, I've learned some invaluable life lessons that I would just love to share with you. And I hope that you take them to heart and let them stay with you because I feel like there are so many things that we can learn from people. If we allow them to stay with us, we don't have to like go experience ourselves in a negative way. And we could just take their learnings and their pain, their suffering, and really almost take it on as our own so that we can take those lessons and move faster toward who we're supposed to be. So the first one I'll, I'll leave you with is always embrace failure. It's through our failures that we learn and we grow. Failure is to be celebrated. Failure is an opportunity for reflection and self-improvement. Stay true to your purpose. It is so easy to get sidetracked by pain, by joy, by success, by failure, by anything and lose sight of your true calling. Remember to stay focused on what genuinely brings you joy and fulfillment. Just stay focused. Next, be patient and trust the process. Success doesn't happen overnight. And I know we hear this over and over, but it's true. You have to learn to be patient. It is a process learning how to be patient. And it's something that I am working on every day of my little life. And you really have to learn how to give yourself the time and space needed to grow and to succeed. Next, keep learning and keep evolving. The world is constantly changing, not just social media, the world. And so should we. Stay curious, keep educating yourself, and just be open to new experiences. New experiences can change your life. They changed mine. Prioritize people over profit. In the end, what matters most is the impact we have on others. I don't care if you don't have a coaching program, if you don't work with people. That is why we exist, I believe. Why we just, why we have emotions, why we have the ability to connect with people, why community is so important, why we're always drawn to people in some sort of capacity. We're built that way. We need people. So focus on helping and supporting those around you. And it always comes back. Focus on your community. They will invest back into you. So as we wrap up season two, 
of my life. <laughs> I really do hope that my experiences and the lessons I've learned can help you in your own personal and professional lives. Remember, failure is not the end. It is to be celebrated. It is just a stepping stone towards growth and success. So here's some more learning and growth in season three. And this is one of my most defining periods of my life. One of the hardest seasons that I've ever lived. And actually, I think at this time of 31 years is probably the most challenging season I've ever lived. And I'm calling that suicide.